The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. All right, everyone, you know the drill. Happy Saturday from Sam McBride and Kristen Holstrom, your custody queens. I'm beyond excited about today's show. We have Dr. Charlotte Laws. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Ms. Laws is an author, columnist, and public speaker. And we will get into the Netflix documentary. I don't know if any of you have seen it. I've certainly seen it multiple times in a row, but it's called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Um, and if you haven't tuned in, watch it following this show. Before we get into that, um, I think we should do the book of CQ. So for anyone who is new to the show, The Book of CQ is a book of a million jillion questions. I'm going to hand it to Kristen and let her pick through one. Okay. And the purpose of this book is to ask questions that, you know, listeners may want to know about our guest and Sam and myself. And also just try to, you know, get the show going, warm people up and make someone feel uncomfortable sometimes. So, (laughs) Sam, I will start with you because I love making you feel uncomfortable. Which is easy. (laughs) (laughs) This should be a question that should be asked to me, but I'm going to ask it to Sam. How blunt are you, and what is the boldest thing that you've ever said to someone? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think that I'm a pretty direct person. I process things before I get around to it. So um, if I'm struggling with something, I definitely take the time to really think through what I'm going to say and probably overanalyze it as a result. Um, I don't know that I have like a bold statement that I can recall. You've definitely had some. I would have to think about it more. But yes, you are a processor and I am not. Um, I'm working on the reaction that I have and you know, learning to process more and more. But I think that's why Sam and I balance each other out so well because I am more of the, oh no, you didn't go there. And uh, Sam is the more, you know, she kind of looks at you, she shakes her head, she <laughs> nods. She'll be silent and then she'll respond. I'll take a nap. And, and, uh, you know, I am a little bit more aggressive for lack of a better word. (laughs) You know, I think the boldest statement that I said, I was probably 22. We were driving home, I think from Alabama. We were driving home from Alabama or actually we were going to a soccer game in Alabama. It was when I was playing college soccer at the time and there was a hurricane and we got stuck. So we were on the bus for 18 hours or so. And shockingly, you know, we got off the bus and and we probably played one of the worst games we had ever played. And we lost pretty badly. I can't remember the score. And our coach was so out of line and he was screaming at us on the bus at halftime because I think it was um, close to snowing. (laughs) And uh, he told us if we continued to play like that, he was going to slice our throats ear to ear. And, you know, this was 2000, gosh, I graduated in 2003, so 2002. And I remember standing up and looking at him and using some very, you know, probably not words that are not acceptable on the show, but telling him that he will never talk to another woman or anyone for that matter the way he did. And that it was probably his fault for not looking at better travel arrangements to get his soccer team there. But regardless of of the situation, 
it is just not okay to talk to human beings like that. It's just not. And uh, I remember texting my dad after the game going, can I lose my scholarship? <laughs> and I think my dad's answer was, uh, you know, he needs you more than you need him. So I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, has there ever been a statement, you know, that bold that you've said to someone? I'm sure there has. Yeah, I'm actually pretty direct and very assertive. I mean, I will oftentimes say I disagree when they make some kind of a comment. I do remember in Las Vegas many years ago when I was probably 21 years old, um, Andy Gibb asked me on a date, the um, Bee Gees brother. And um, we were supposed to have dinner in the dressing room, but he somehow got me to come to the suite, which I didn't want to do. And I told him I didn't want to do. So I go to the suite like five minutes later, no food in the room, by the way. He starts like trying to get handsy and kiss me. And I said, I think you have the wrong idea. He goes into the bedroom, takes off all of his clothes on the bed. And I'm standing there looking at him. He's begging me to come over. And I said, you're the biggest jerk I've ever met. And I leave the room. I slam the door in his face. I go down to the um, Riviera, the first floor. His whole band was congregated around the elevator. And I said, Andy gives the biggest jerk I've ever met. <laughs> and I stomped out of the hotel. So there's something very direct for you. Yes, and I think that was putting it politely. <laughs> right. All right, Sam, I'm going to let you ask Dr. Charlotte one more question. All right. I'm a little fearful now. <laughs> Do you have a toxic trait? If so, what is it? Well, I'm very aggressive and very persistent. So some people think that I'm too goal-oriented. I think it's very good to be focused on something so and to I. go after your dreams. So I wouldn't say it's a negative in my view, but some people will say that I get too focused and too driven. I think and, that's a good thing. Yeah. I agree. I, I think all three of us are probably in that same trait. Yeah, I think that's a good trait. We're rebranding that one. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? You know, I, I think it's right in line with what Dr. Charlotte just said. Um, I can be, when I get into something, I call it passionate. Some other people might call it compulsive, you know, uh, but when I get into something or I support someone, I am, my whole being goes into it. And sometimes I, I can get into things just too much, you know, and then it can be a downward spiral. So it's good that I am, you know, loyal to a fault and I am very assertive. I am very direct as well, but I have a tendency to not know when to stop. What about you, Sam? Well, I think I'm going to go for a softer version of my toxic trait. Uh, one of the biggest toxic traits that I have is leaving the refrigerator door open <laughs> until it just beeps. Like, and I don't know if anyone has those like fancy refrigerators, but I have one and it like beeps after like two minutes of leaving it open, which is a long time to leave a refrigerator door open. And it's constant, like constant. I do that too. I can't too. close it. And, and it's almost like I now rely on the beep to actually shut the door. Like I'll get the coffee creamer out, make the coffee, turn on the robot, start mopping, put away laundry. And then I'm like, oh, I never shut the refrigerator door. I could not live with either of you. Yeah. That would drive me crazy. Yeah, no, it's toxic. It's very toxic. And, that, and my kids do the same thing and they learn from me. So, you know. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your 
case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, so let's get in to where I first saw you. You know, I was, I'm a big Netflix fan and I always kind of go to that top 10 you know and I I always kind of read the summary before I I watch and I saw this show called the most hated man on the internet and it grabbed my intent it grabbed my attention for many reasons and so I watched it and I will I will tell you I had so many emotions watching that show and I'm so glad it was brought to light because I think it happens to so many women. Uh, but I loved you on the show. I, you know, you would be a heck of an attorney if you ever decided to go that <laughs> route. But for anyone that hasn't seen the show, I know that Sam and myself have watched it a few times now. It is called The Most Hated Man on the Internet and it is on Netflix. I highly recommend it to everybody listening. Tell your friends because it really brings light to something that has become so common with social media and internet, and it's not okay. And I'm really glad that we have Dr. Charlotte sitting here with us. Yeah, me too. And before I knew that you were joining us, I watched this documentary and I was cheering you on. I was by (laughs) myself with a big bowl of popcorn, literally, and I was yelling at the TV going, Charlotte's not done, everyone. And I, you were just absolutely fabulous on the show, but I mean, really, very admirable. Thank you. Genuinely. <laughs> Thank I you. loved how relentless you were. And I, we're going to get more into the show. I promise everyone listening, we will get more into the show. But it sounds like you've just had a really interesting life this far. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I had, um, I was adopted at birth and eventually tracked down my birth family, but I had a very bad childhood with um, a verbally abusive dad. My mom committed suicide when I was 16. My brother was killed in a car accident two years later. And um, so I didn't really feel like I had a family growing up. So I gravitated towards the entertainment industry and kind of got to know a lot of people through um, party crashing and, you know, getting to VIPs and whether it's the president or heads of corporations or entertainers, and um, moved to Las Vegas and lived there for a couple of years and then ended up in Los Angeles. And I've had over 30 30 different jobs. I've done like everything from being a lecturer to the FBI to being a cab driver. I was a bodyguard for a prostitute when I lived in Las Vegas, which is a crazy job. I um, was a backup singer for an Elvis imitator. I was the, um, I actually was the um, kind of the head of a a small mediation, like a legal organization, funny enough. My husband is an attorney, so I was um, the director of a mediation arbitration organization. So So you've really done it all. So I've done lots of different stuff. And so, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've had a very interesting life. And I was a single mom raising my daughter and got married when she was, I don't know, maybe like 10 years old or so. And um, I'm into animal rights. So I have chickens and I have rescue dogs, rescue chickens. Uh, named Sam, by the way. Named Sam? <laughs> yes, I have a chicken named Samantha and a dog named Sammy. So <laughs> you know, I'm all covered on all bases. <laughs> My brother has a dog named Sam. Yeah, everyone has a, a, a dog doodle. named Sam. And growing up, I had, we had a, I can't remember the kind, it was like an Alaskan terrier named Sammy. I, I want to name my dog Sam, but I feel like that would be a little too narcissistic. So I named my dog Pam. 
so it's Sam and Pam. But yeah. I have a chicken named Pam. <laughs> See, you know, we're go. on the same page on all this. <laughs> you know, awesome. you you remind me a lot of someone that's super close to Sam and I. She <laughs> is, is on our team, and we joke with her because, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if she had a unicorn in her backyard. And but she has. I don't know, several animals, uh, some that may not even be legal. And I, I'm staring I'm staring right at her and she's giving me a look. But, you know, I always say animal lovers are the best people because, you, you know, you know their heart. But I love that you've worked so many jobs. I, I too, have worked many jobs. I started at Togo's and Juice Stop and uh, I've done sales. But I think working in different jobs when you're younger and then picking, obviously, what's right for you when you're ready it makes you a better and stronger and more direct person because you get to learn all these different skills at mm-hmm. each of the right. jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the most important job being the bodyguard to the prostitute? Well, what was the important? Well, I mean, other than saving her life and making sure yeah, that, Yeah, I know. mean, she was just... Ner- she was just some girl. I hardly even knew this woman. She lived in my apartment complex when I was living in Vegas. I was like 20 years old. And she normally worked through the casinos and the bellhops would send her to a room. And she had to go to some house and she didn't know who this person was. And so she basically just paid me 50 bucks to be her guard, which of course, it's kind of humorous because I'm four foot 11. I'm not much of a bodyguard. But to me, I needed the money at the time. And so I was like, all right, and it was a, definitely a weird experience. And after that, I said, I'll never do that. You're retired. <laughs> I have retired from being a bodyguard to a prostitute. That's the end of that. That's funny. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1 800 419 7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So I have here that you've crashed the Secret Service four times? I have, yes. That is incredible. How do you crash the Secret Service? Um, different ways, but... Um, the Tell first, me, I'm interested the, the in first, crashing. The first two times was to um, interview Ronald Reagan. Actually, the first time was just to meet Ronald Reagan. The second time was to interview him. And um, pretty much what I had called the White House and asked for an interview. I wanted to interview him for my book because I had this party crashing book I was writing and they said you can't do that you know he's not interviewing with anyone for six weeks and all this so I knew that he was in town and that he went to a party that Walter Annenberg had every year in Palm Springs and I knew where everyone was staying at the Beverly um, Hilton his office people so I just went over there I said I have to do this in person you know and I went over there and these two guys were setting up camera equipment out in front of the hotel and I just thought they were probably with the White House. So I just went over and I started schmoozing. And um, I said, what are, you, what are you guys doing for New Year's Eve? And one of, I, and he's, one of them said, we're going to a party. And I said, well, do you, either of you need a date? And <laughs> that what the one guy said, yeah, I could use a date. And I said, you know, great. And he said, well, it's all the way in Palm Springs. Do you want to go all the way down there? And I said, that would be fine. <laughs> and I said, is the president going to be there? And he said, yeah, he will. That's amazing. So I went down, I got my interview and, and it went really, that was one of my times. Another time I crashed George Clooney's house when Obama was having a fundraiser there. And I pretended to be making a pharmaceutical delivery to get past the secret service. <laughs> and I had ponytail holders in this bag. So I was like praying they would not look in the bag because there was nothing <laughs> pharmaceutical in the bag. So I got up to the house and and schmoozed and, you know. That's incredible. So that was a couple of times. I have three main comments. 
One, you're a girl after my own heart. You <laughs> go after exactly what you want and you have no problem asking whomever to do what you want to get what you want. I, I love that. I am similar in that manner. There is no shame in my game and I openly admit that. Second, I am a little concerned with the uh, security the Secret Service are providing. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I can't remember. You're, the, you're well, like one of the most notorious party crashers in the world, though. Yeah, I'm number four. And, yeah. I, and I'm very proud of this. I used to want the Nobel Peace Prize, but then I became the fourth most notorious party crasher. And I said, I have arrived. Yeah. I beat Bill Murray. I beat Queen Elizabeth, who was number 14. Bill Murray was number six. Serena Williams and Lady Gaga apparently party crashed because they got honorable mentions, but they did not make the list. So I'm very proud of my status. That is unreal. <laughs> that, that is unreal. I, I, that is unreal. I want your secrets after we're done. It is mostly you know. those celebrities and media people who crash. Regular people are kind of afraid and don't do it, but celebrities do it all the time. And sometimes they get in and sometimes they get turned away. I've seen it happen many times. You're inside the party watching someone else get turned away. Yeah, yeah I, the fact that you were able to get to the president, you know, just by schmoozing and, you know, kind of, you know. Well, one time I got into the Grammys, I was in the Grammys and I went into the party and James Brown had been a presenter at the Grammys and he lost his ticket and he couldn't get in. I had to help him get in to the party and I wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. This <laughs> is amazing. Like, let me help you get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when my third one is I love your persistence. Uh, you know, I love someone that knows what they want and does whatever they need to to get it. Obviously, that's legal, you know, but I mean, that is fascinating. Do you have do you have any books? Yeah, I do. Actually, I have a couple of memoirs. Um, one is called Undercover Debutante. The other is called Rebel in High Heels. And then I have a couple of other books. Um, one is about my grandfather. I tracked down my birth family and my grandfather, my natural grandfather, my mom's father, was killed by a devil worshiper in 1948. And it's an amazing story. Plus, he was Italian, so he was the object of prejudice. Um, it was like he was kicked out of his house because it said the CCNR said no Italians, no blacks, you know, the whole list. He was kicked out of two law offices for being Italian. So I wrote wow. a book, a nonfiction novel about his life. So those are my three. My three most recent ones are those those three books. That is very impressive. And can I find those on Amazon? You can. Uh, OK. All right. And for everyone listening that may not have caught those titles, we will have them listed. When you watch our show, make sure you go to custodyqueensonair.com or YouTube. All of our past shows are listed on both of those sites. That's custodyqueensonair.com. So, yeah, before I leave here today, I'm going to, you know, one click a couple of uh, Dr. Charlotte's books because I I love the name of the uh, Rebel in High Heels. <laughs> Rebel, yeah, that's a really good name. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. All right, let's get into this documentary. So, Charlotte, can you tell us a little bit about what the documentary is about for anyone that hasn't seen it? Yeah, it's um, there was a website that was the most notorious revenge porn website. And the it was really not about nude pictures. It was about hatred. It was about 
ruining people's lives. The owner called himself a professional life ruiner. He called his website pure evil. And they were posting nude and topless pictures of ordinary people along with their name, their social media link, their city. And then the followers would try to get the person fired or try to drive them to suicide. It was just really horrific. And my daughter had a topless picture she had taken in her room, never sent it to anyone. She sent it from her phone to her email to save it because she ran out of space on her phone. And she had taken over 100 pictures that day. It's just one was topless. And she was hacked. And because the website owner, it turned out, was paying a hacker to get a lot of these pictures. And so my daughter's picture went onto the site. So the movie is basically about my mission to first get my daughter's picture down, then to get other women's pictures down because I started reaching out to other I think it was like 40 something, right? Yeah, initially there were like 40 victims that I contacted from that site. And I found out 40% of those had been hacked. So, um, and then after that, it was about just getting the whole website down and then getting legislation passed you know, hopefully a federal one, which I, we don't have yet, but getting laws passed throughout the country against revenge porn because there were no laws at the time. Yeah, that was one of the most disturbing things that I, you know, felt wa- while watching the documentary is that it had to be proven that there was hacking for yeah. the guy to go to prison. It right. wasn't that he was posting these pictures out of hatred and pure evil and revenge. Uh, you know, and these some of these people were disabled. They were people of all sizes, all colors. I, I mean, these all were ages, all ages. It it was really, really disgusting and very, very disturbing. But the fact that it took the hacking to come to life for him to go to jail was very disturbing. And Sam and I deal with a lot of revenge porn selfies uh, we deal with that a lot in our cases you know family law cases and it's one of the first things that i when i'm doing my consult and i'm assessing cases is a if you have any pictures like this on your phone or your iCloud because people can get into your iCloud and have access to your whole life and it is very common for partners and spouses to sh- to share each other's passwords but that is one of the things i say is make sure you change your iCloud password and go through your pictures go through your videos anything that was taken you know even if you were in love and during marriage get rid of them and don't just get rid of them on your phone make sure that they are gone but because those can be posted on social media in the middle of a custody case in the middle of a divorce and if that does happen, there are remedies from a family law side. You know, you can file a restraining order. Um, and I, I would immediately call the custody queens if you are experiencing that in your case. You can call us at 1-800-419-7772. But if you are thinking about doing that to an ex, don't do it. It is not okay. And if you are the victim of that, you know, contact us. If we if we are not the right attorney for you, we will find you someone that will help you with that. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And and just watching the show, there were so many issues. I swear I could probably talk to you for five hours. Um, but there were so many issues that got brought up. And one of them was that, like, hacking was kind of the way that you were able to get the FBI a little more involved. But, you know, before that, I saw that there was a lot of commentary like, well, you know, these people, these girls are are sending nudes to their boyfriend or, or other people and they're out there. So it's somehow their fault. They're putting it out there themselves. Yeah. And, and so, I, you know, I just want to be really clear in California, um, we have some protections now for that. Um, and one of them being a restraining order. So threatening to disseminate an ex's photos, even if they were legit 
legitimately given to you in the first place is under what we call the DVPA, which is the Domestic Violence Protection Act. Um, it's restrainable conduct. And so um, I, I do want to stress that as an issue, but um, it's, it's horrifying that that was ever okay or that there was ever a shift of blame for that. Yeah. And we also have SB um, 1255, which is an anti-revenge porn law now right. in California. So, yeah, so we do have a law in the books. It's not that much. It's kind of a slap on the wrist and you're supposed to have an intent to cause emotional distress. So it's a very imperfect misdemeanor, but it is still a law that does deter some perpetrators. But yeah, the victim blaming was terrible back then. I mean, it was right. before the Me Too movement. And so, you know, we were attacked all the time by media, by law enforcement, by politicians and by ordinary people. I mean, we were just, you know, sorry, it's the victim's fault. And that's, you know, I would never do something like that. And too bad for them. And so it was a really, it was an uphill battle. And um, and while I was trying to get this content down, I was facing death threats. I had uh, computer viruses. I was being bombarded by the website owner's followers. And um, I even had a stalker at my house. So it was really crazy. It was insane. And it was just such a battle. Yeah. And, and the main star in this film, for lack of better words, uh, you know, I would call Dr. Charlotte the star, but the person that did this in the film was probably one of the most despicable human beings that I had ever watched. And it was all real. And, and you know, the fact that some, there are people out there like that, you know, and it, it sickens me that, you know, my kids still have to live in a world where people like that exist, but it is there. So protect yourself. And I think that's why some people also are are scared to come forward or to file a restraining order in a case, you know, because they are afraid of the backlash or the the victimizing, you know, that may, that may happen with it. And this doesn't just apply to women. This applies to men as well. And there are also remedies outside of a family law case uh, similarly as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also just want to say thank you because in addition to everything that you had to deal with just surrounding your daughter, you took it to the next level, right? There was kind of a, a part in the show where your daughter's information was taken off and you could have stopped and you didn't. And I think that that is so crucial um, in addition to just kind of being steadfast in what you're going to do. It also has created an opportunity for something like a Netflix special for people to go watch it. And you should if you haven't, because it brings education to it. You see the other side of it um, with the victim blaming. You see so many people, even in today's time, just saying, hey, she shouldn't have done it or would have never been me. And you really should take the time to look at the very substantial impact that this has, um, whether it's you or your friend or your neighbor or anyone in general. I mean, it's a it's human nature to just try to look the other way, I guess, sometimes, and we shouldn't. We should force ourselves to look at the really hard situations. So thank you. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Like I said, Dr. Charlotte is a woman after my own heart. She is standing up for the little people, the people that may not have a voice. And that is something that Sam and I do every single day. Sometimes to my detriment, as I've talked about on some of the other shows, and sometimes we may not know when to quit, but 
Turning a blind eye when you see something going on is not okay. It's also teaching your kids to turn a blind eye. So, you know, educate your kids about what's going on in the world. And in summary, watch this show. It is, again, the most hated man on the internet. And, you know, realize that Charlotte's daughter is, is you know, she could be my child. She could be your child. This was just a normal girl that took a private picture and it was blasted for everyone in the world to see if they went on that website. So watch it. It's a great education. If you're if you're going to teach a lesson to your kids, make sure that conversation is age appropriate, as Sam and I always say. But thanks, everyone, for joining us today and every Saturday. We are running out of time, but don't worry. We will have Dr. Charlotte on again for part two. And uh, it has been such a fun show. And just real quickly before we wrap up, what are you what are you working on now? I'm just I'm working on a book. I actually have a book, and I also have a screenplay I just finished, and it's on um, animal advocacy. Essentially, it's kind of an academic book. I'm I'm very interested in your life. <laughs> and if, got I, it going if on. I need to uh, crash any parties coming up, uh, <laughs> can I get your cell phone number? <laughs> well, you can read my memoir. I got a lot of party crashing I, in my I, memoir. There's some how to. I will have Kristen. it tomorrow. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure that you call us the Custody Queens. You can visit our website, custodyqueensonair.com, for all of our past shows and you can go to our website to fill out a form that's custodyqueens.com and call us at 1-800-419-7772 that is 1-800-419-7772 and remember, remember let, let love, love rule thought it was love had kids in between you can count on us we're the custody The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.